Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Honey, put this on top of the minivan. We're only going for two weeks. You want me to back the kitchen sink, too? Well, is there room? Hey, you guys. You going on vacation? Who's that? I don't know. Because we're planning on robbing your house tonight. All right, I'm calling an alarm service. Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. There's a simple blood test called A1C that can help measure your risk of complications from diabetes. Why is it important? Because more than 600 people every day die from diabetes and its complications. If your A1C is above 7, your doctor can show you how to lower it. If you have diabetes, know your risk. Know your A1C. Ask your doctor. Or for more information, go to www.diabetesa1c.org or call 1-877-TEST-A1C. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter.com slash Joy Keys, and you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And now I am on Instagram, so check me out there. It's Saturdays with Joy Keys. I want to say thank you to you guys for tuning in. If you want to call in and ask a question, the number is 646-929-0368. I want to say thank you also for just all the past support. Uh, we past 1.2 million downloads of the podcast. Amazing that you want to listen to my crazy voice. <laughs> I don't know if it's every Saturday or during the week or at night or at 3 o'clock in the morning, but thank you. Um, and thank you for sharing with your friends and family. I, I hope that you have definitely enjoyed the shows. I have enjoyed doing them. Well, today we're doing a show about diabetes. That's why I played the public service announcement a second ago. This month is Diabetes Awareness Month. Uh, I think you need to be aware of diabetes every day, every month. It's just a really sneaky type of illness uh, that can just creep up on you. And I just learned something right before we started from the nurse that we'll talk about. Uh, My special guest is Teresa Sims. She's a volunteer with the American Diabetes Association. She has a, a, a bachelor's degree in nursing. She's a cardiothoracic registered nurse. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. Hi, Terry. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. You, she was on the show before. We were saying, like, what, three years ago maybe, I think it was, 2012, yeah. something? About yeah. Years. So um, thank you again for coming back on. Um, you know, 29 million Americans have diabetes. 29 million Americans. Like, that's just, like, amazing number. I mean, this is like a public health issue, is it not? <laughs> Oh, without a doubt. Um, the 29 million number is, is shocking, but even more shocking is the 86 million people who have prediabetes and have no clue. Um, and that's about 25% of the American population that could develop full-blown diabetes in a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have a sweet tooth. Like, my, my mom is like a salty person. She likes sweet tooth, but mainly she's salty. 
I, I'm a sweet, and I know, like, I'm wary, and I'm just like, oh, my God. I feel like sometimes I'll eat that whole piece of chocolate cake, or I'll have, like, this mango. I, I love this mango, and then it's, like, powdered sugar, and it's like, ah! You know, and, and then, you know, I found out also fruit, which you think is really good for you, can be, you know, possibly dangerous. Is that true for people who have diabetes? Because it's sugar in well, there, right? Right. Well, for people who have diabetes, it's all about balance. Um, we don't want you to stay away from fruit. We don't want you to stay away from starches. We want you to make good choices. So we don't tell diabetics to not have fruit. We tell them to look mm-hmm. at how fruit impacts their diet. You know, everything in moderation. So you're not going to have, you know, a, a huge fruit salad for lunch without balancing that. Well, you're not going to have a, a large fruit salad at all. Uh, you're going to have a small fruit salad, and you're going to be mindful of what kind of fruit will impact your blood sugar more significantly than others. Let's talk about that there are two different types, <clears throat> excuse me, of diabetes. Could you explain the difference between type 1 and type 2? Sure. So um, there are two types of diabetes. One is type 1 and the other is type 2. Type 1 we used to call juvenile diabetes because we saw it in younger individuals. And these are individuals who don't have any insulin production. So they are 100% reliant on an outside source of insulin in their bodies. Um, type 2 diabetics we used to call, type 2 diabetes we used to call adult onset diabetes. We no longer use that terminology because we can see it in children now. And that is insulin resistance. And that means that your body does not effectively use the amount of insulin that it produces or it doesn't produce quite enough. Now, where is insulin produced? Where where in your body? So it's produced in the pancreas. Um, And so, you know, the pancreas kind of, you know, think of it as you think of a car in some some sense that Mm -hmm. you don't want to put a lot of wear and tear on the pancreas. We kind of want to drive our pancreas the way you drive a car on a highway. You want to kind of not have it overwork or underwork. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now what can you do to, I guess, boost it? You know what I mean? Like what foods, is there like this particular food that will definitely, the pancreas like, mm, this is the best, you know, <laughs> this this will help it, like increase its power or capability? So unfortunately, there aren't any foods that can make the pancreas work better. Um, You know, there are medications, people who are on oral diabetic agents like metformin, um, that will help the pancreas work better, more efficiently. Uh, What Mm -hmm. what we really want to be concerned about is not overworking that pancreas, like not having meals that are very, very high in carbohydrates or meals where they're they will impact your blood glucose too much, like shoot your blood glucose to very, very high levels, causing that pancreas to work in overdrive. What are some of the symptoms um, that that you should look out for? Because you said this like 86 million pre-diabetic. So I'm pre-diabetic. What what do I look like? What's my profile? So um, we in nursing, we call it the three Ps, polyuria, polydipsia, and polyphagia. In layman's terms, all of a sudden, you are hungry. You can't get enough food. The other is you're very thirsty. And with that thirst also comes frequent urination. The problem with the frequent urination and the thirst is that people will ignore it. They will say, well, I'm drinking more water, and that's why I'm going to the bathroom more. 
But over time, mm-hmm. if you're a person who doesn't have diabetes, your body will just find this place of equilibrium or balance. You will see that you can increase your water intake or your fluid intake and not go to the bathroom every 15 minutes. So key for the person who may be diabetic is that there's this frequent urination along with frequent thirst. All of a sudden, you may see vision changes. It can be an improvement in vision or your vision can worsen. So a person who needed glasses, all of a sudden are like, oh, my vision looks better. My vision is better. Or a person who didn't need glasses, all of a sudden their prescription isn't strong enough or they now need glasses. You'll see healing mm. issues. You get that cut where maybe in the past that cut would heal in a week or two. Now it may take three to four weeks to heal. And then the other one wow. is tingling. I'm sorry, that will be tingling pain and numbness, usually in your hands and in your feet. The, I never heard that in, uh, point about improved eye, eyesight. That's a new one for oh. me. I always heard that you you kind of decrease in your eyesight capability. But that is that something new they found, or it's just always been like that? And I guess just not widely, you know, expressed. Um, the vision changes have always been a part of, you know, a trigger potentially for, um, you know, the doctor to say you may have diabetes. And it can just go either way, one way or okay. the other. Yeah. Now, you mentioned, um, and also the PSA um, that I played mentioned something about this um, point six or above 11. A1. Can you talk about this A1C and the, and the, the numbers and what, what you should have, what's a good uh, range? Okay. Uh, and I love the hemoglobin A1C because when you go to the doctor, you can kind of cheat when you're fasting blood sugar. And, and that means I can How do, do you that do that? Whole, how do you cheat? Well, how do you cheat when you're fasting blood sugar? Well, I can just eat all the right things for the for two or three days leading up, or even the day before I go in to get my blood sugar checked. So I can say, you know mm. what, I'm not going to have an extra slice of chocolate cake or I'm going to avoid things that are high in sugar and carbs and then go get my number done tomorrow morning, and that fasting blood sugar can come back in the normal range. However, you can't cheat with the hemoglobin A1C because it looks at the lifespan of a red blood cell, which is 30 to 90 days. So it tells the um, your care provider how well-controlled your blood sugar was over a three-month period. So a normal okay. hemoglobin A1C is 4 to 5.6, 4 to 5.6. And what does that translate right. into? A hemoglobin A1C of 5 means that your average blood sugar level is about 100. Um, okay. Pre-diabetes is 5.7 to 6.4. So 6, a hemoglobin A1C of 6 means your average blood sugar level in that three-month period was about 135. And then if you are diabetic, it's a hemoglobin A1C greater than 6.5. And so a 7 is about 170. Uh, that's your average. So that's interesting. You cannot cheat this test, people. Do not think that you can go in there, like she said, Oh, I'm going to eat well for the week. You know, people do that to the going to the dentist because you don't want the, the dentist to like scrape around your gums and everything. So you think, well, I'm going to floss every day. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to rinse and this and that. And you know, when you get in, it, the dentist will be like, "Yay!" Well, it's the same type of thing with this A1C. Don't think I'm going to eat all these fruits and vegetables. I'm going to do my exercise. You know, all this stuff. I'm going to get enough sleep. Uh-uh, it's not going to work, people. <laughs> right, exactly. And sooner or later, it will catch up with you unless you make a lifestyle, a long-term lifestyle change. Now, um, question. 
if I have this high A1C, can I bring it down or am I stuck there? No, you're definitely not stuck there. There are type 2 diabetics who control their diabetes through diet, exercise, lifestyle changes. Um, I have a number of friends who are diabetics, and they really are mindful of what they take in. They may do carb counting. They may do glycemic index to look at how they're going to control their diabetes. They may do something called a plate method. Um, So there are Mm -hmm. things we know will help you lower your hemoglobin A1C. And diet and exercise are the two biggest. Now, can I not, if I get diagnosed, I guess, with diabetes, can I get cure myself? Is that a possibility? Or I'm, well, we I, really, once I'm diagnosed, I'm, I'm stuck, I'm like, that's it. So we don't really like to use the term cure um, okay. when it comes to diabetes, but you can control it, and on paper you can look like a non-diabetic which means your hemoglobin A1C can be in the normal range. But once you've had a diagnosis of diabetes, you're always at increased risk of diabetes. So even if on paper you're in that normal range because you've had it once, that risk factor is always there. Well, I think that goes back to the pancreas. And like you said, it's like a car and that we don't want to use it and wear and tear too much. So if you have a car and you wear and tear too much and then you go get it in to get it, you know, uh, checked out and cleaned up a little, the wear and tear is still there. Like, it it, it, it can't disappear. The, the outside will look nice and shiny and bright, but inside, the wear and tear is still there. The engine has is, is still been going for umpteen trillion miles, and, and you can't get rid of that, you know, factor. Right. Um, unless and you're going to get a new pancreas, I guess. <laughs> and we're not there yet. We're, we're not there right. yet um, where, you know, pancreas, pancreas transplants Um you know, are, are, are the norm. Uh, we really do just want to encourage people to do the lifestyle changes. And if you're a diabetic, if you've been diagnosed with diabetes, to sit down with a diabetic nutrition nutritionist who can help you make those lifestyle changes and still enjoy food. Now, Teresa, you enlightened me to something that I had no idea could actually happen. Talk to the audience about the gentleman you talked to me about right before we got on the air um, who was um, diabetic and didn't know it and and what was happening with him. So um, my background is cardiothoracic. Um, You know, the heart is my focus. And so I deal with patients who come into the hospital who have had heart attacks or who need heart surge, open heart surgery. And one of the things that we do is we test everyone's hemoglobin A1C because elevated blood sugars impact how you heal. His hemoglobin A1C was 11.5. That is horrendous. That means that his average blood sugar level was 300, 300. Mm-hmm. He had been a long-term undiagnosed diabetic to the point where he had severe neuropathy, which meant that his senses were numbed to pain. He could not feel the pain of his heart attack. It wasn't until he started to experience shortness of breath that he realized something was wrong. And there are markers that we can test for that showed that he had been having a heart attack over multiple days. And um, when he came into the emergency room, we basically prepped him for the OR, and he went directly to surgery. He did survive. Thank God that he did survive. Mm. Uh, can you hear that, people? He was having a heart attack over several days, and he did not know this because of neuropathy, which is, I guess, the reduced sensitivity of your nerves um, to, to recognize, oh, this, there's this pain going on. Now, um, 
Also, I'm aware that people with diabetes, we talk about healing issues um, and also checking your feet. Can you talk to the audience about the importance of checking your feet um, yes. if you are diabetic? Sure. So um, this whole neuropathy thing that we're talking about, so you'll sometimes feel tingling, pain, and numbness. It typically starts out in hands and feet. So as a result, diabetics can sometimes not feel when they have a cut or a sore. So one of the things that you should do is check your feet um, on a regular basis. Known diabetics, if you go into your primary care physician's office, you'll see sometimes a signpost that's saying, if you are a diabetic, remove your socks and shoes because they're going mm -hmm. to check your feet. Uh, and I've seen a number of patients and even people in my personal life who've had amputations as a result of diabetic neuropathy, where they've gotten a simple cut where a non-diabetic would heal and not have any long-term issues, and that cut gets infected because they did not know it was there. It leads to a toe amputation, then to a foot amputation, and then possibly above-the-knee amputation. So you want to pay attention mm -hmm your feet. Don't wear shoes that are too tight. Um, watch out for moisture on your feet and lotion in between your toes. And your doctor really should be guiding you through how to take care of your feet. Um, and if your insurance will pay for it, see a podiatrist. Make sure you see a podiatrist and see an endocrinologist. An endocrinologist. Now just explain what that is. So your endocrinologist looks at your endocrine system, which includes your pancreas. Um, they look at things that produce hormones in your body, so like your thyroid and your pancreas. And I'm, I'm personally a big fan of going to a specialist. You know, I'm going to go to a cardi cardiologist if I have a heart condition. If I have a kidney condition, I'm going to go to a kidney specialist known as a nephrologist. So if I have an endocrine or pancreas issue, I'm going to go to that endocrinologist and let him or her manage my diabetes because they're the specialist where your primary care physician is a generalist. Now, um, in terms of the family members and friends, how can we support? Because you don't want to be a nag, you know what I mean? Like you know somebody has diabetes, like I was out with somebody and we were at this uh, restaurant and we were eating crepes with ice cream and powdered sugar and this and that, and I'm like, uh, is he going to pass out after we eat this? You know, what do you, how do you not like just become, I don't know, a hammer to them all the time and, and, and a police? I mean, what, what can you do as a family or friend if somebody you know has diabetes? So it really is about um, first the family or the support system being educated. I always tell people that um, when someone in your family has diabetes, it's like having a child who goes to school. When your child goes to <laughs> school, you go back to school. Mm. Um, when you have a family member or a loved one that has diabetes, you know, a lot of times when I'm educating, I rarely educate the patient. I say, who cooks the food in your house? Well, my wife, my husband, my mother, my sister. That's the person I focus in on, believe it or not, because mm. they control the table. So one of the things you do is you do it by example. So I'm, I love to cook, and I have friends who are attempting to lose weight or who have some diabetes issues. So I make foods that I know are very, very healthy and diabetes-friendly but tasty. And so when they see that, they're like, oh, wow, this was so good. And then I'll throw in mm -hmm. what has minimal impact on your blood sugar. And then that opens <laughs> the door to a conversation. <laughs> so right, I sneak right. it in. I sneak it in. And the other one is just to 
kind of in-your-face conversation that says, you know what, I love you, I care about you, and I know that you have diabetes, and I noticed that you do these things, and I want to support you through this because I want you here and I want you healthy. And that's where a diabetic right. nutritionist can come in and can teach you how to have those things you love but do it in a way that won't impact your blood sugar. Well, we've learned a lot today. I mean, the most one of the most amazing ones was the guy with the heart attack and didn't feel it. I mean, that is a wake-up call to me, that you could be having a heart attack and because of your diabetes not know. So uh, one of the things, um, not one, there's multiple things. I encourage everyone definitely to go get yearly checkups uh, with your primary care physician. If you don't have insurance, because that is a big issue, and people say, well, I don't have insurance, there are a lot of places that have local health centers, and they can do some checkups for you there that at no cost. Um, so don't ever think not. Um, and also there are some um, organizations that will do some, like, individualized testing. A lot of insurance companies sometimes do uh, fairs and things that you can go to. If you're diabetic, one of the things we talked about today was maybe going to see a podiatrist, uh, checking your feet and making sure that they're dry and clean and watching out for cuts. Um, also, in terms of eating, uh, Teresa said, you don't, we don't have to not eat sweets and um, fruit and things like that, but you can eat a small salad, a fruit salad, or you could have a small piece of sugar, uh, something sweet. Um, now, question real quick, honey versus sugar, is there any difference? So, you know, there's this whole debate on sweeteners that, that are happening out there in the world as we know it. So they're all going to impact blood sugar. All of them are going to impact blood sugar. You know, is one healthier than the other? So people, some people say, well, I like raw sugar because it's not as processed. But sugar is sugar is sugar, in all honesty. Mm. And they're all going to mm-hmm. impact your pancreas. You know, so much so um, that there's even been some research that says that even artificial sugars, that your pancreas sometimes responds to artificial sugars the same way it does to regular sugar. Um, so really, it's really about moderation. It's about, you know, kind of lowering your your sensitivity to sugar, which means let me decrease the amount of sugar I add slowly to coffee or to tea. And after a while, okay. you won't need as much, in all honesty. And I just want to say one more thing, because Thanksgiving is coming up. And it is. Oh, yes. Woo-hoo. It is horrible on diabetics. It is absolutely horrible on diabetics, and it is where diabetics will be challenged because you have potatoes and you have yams mm-hmm. that, have, that are sweet mm-hmm. to begin with, and then you add sugar. You have macaroni and cheese. You have mashed potatoes. You have rice. Mm-hmm. You have You're making me hungry already. I know. <laughs> but it is, you know, and so what we see in the hospital is Thursday night and Friday morning, all these people with extremely elevated blood sugars because they, they, they're just tempted and they don't know what to do with that temptation. And so... Now, if you're cooking Thanksgiving dinner, be mindful if you have people who are in your family and not put so many carbs on the table. And then if you're a diabetic, you know, don't sit down and eat that entire meal at one time. You know, maybe start at 12, you know, and have some <laughs> maybe a little bit of mashed potatoes. Or do substitutes like mashed cauliflower instead of mashed potatoes so that the carbs are I've had mashed cauliflower. So I've had that before, and it's really good if it's done right. It, yeah. Like it's really, it, it's very tasty, you know. Um, so I, I, I will say I've, I've had that myself. Well, Teresa, this is great. I mean, I think we shared a lot of information with the 
audience that is very helpful for them, their friends and family. Um, I want to mention that Teresa is here on behalf of the American Diabetes Association, and their website is diabetes.org. They have a lot of resources, not only for individuals and families, but also for professionals um, and information about, you know, clinical studies and things of that nature. So you can check them out if you're um, a professional doctor and you're just trying to keep up with what's going on um, in in the medical field. Uh, Thank you, Teresa. Thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, you're so welcome, and have a great Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm God. I'm like, can't wait now that you mention all that food. (laughs) (laughs) I will, and I will try to be mindful because, you know, I'm getting older myself, and like I was telling you, it's just hard. Like, you look at these things, and you you think, oh, I definitely don't burn calories as fast as I do, and I'm sure that my pancreas is like, hey, hold up there, you know, so... I too have to be mindful, um, even though right now I don't. I have not been diagnosed with diabetes, but I think it's no no harm in in, in getting there and being mindful, if you will. Um, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving as, as well, Teresa. All right, thank you. Thank you, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I just got off the phone with Teresa Sims. She was a volunteer uh, representing the American Diabetes Association, and we were talking about diabetes. Uh, so please uh, take a minute to uh, check out the uh, ish, the the podcast will be archived, and so you can listen all the way from the beginning. Next, I'm going to be speaking with Amana Melame. She's from Sweden, and she's a wonderful, beautiful singer. And uh, so you can call in for that. That'll be starting in a few minutes. Uh, thank you so much. Follow me on Twitter.com, so that's Joy Keys. Become a fan on Facebook. Look me up Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. And check me out on Instagram. I'm going to be giving away some copies of Amana's album, so tune into the next show and maybe you'll win a copy. Honey, put this on top of the minivan. We're only going for two weeks. You want me to back the kitchen sink, too? Well, is there room? Hey, you guys, you going on vacation? Who's that? I don't know. Because we're planning on robbing your house tonight. All right, I'm calling an alarm service. Wouldn't it be great if you could be warned of life's risks? If you have diabetes, you can. There's a simple blood test called A1C that can help measure your risk of complications from diabetes. Why is it important? Because more than 600 people every day die from diabetes and its complications. If your A1C is above 7, your doctor can show you how to lower it. If you have diabetes, know your risk. Know your A1C. Ask your doctor, or for more information, go to www.diabetesa1c.org or call 1-877-TEST-A1C. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association, Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation International, and the Ad Council. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.